0: About every
1: time. <laughs> well, I'm I, I'm I'm not a tech guy though. So you are, I, you're I, our tech you guy. You keep saying that. But you're, you're our tech guy. I, I I just try to, I don't know. Anyways, <laughs> well, welcome back. This is episode 35 of the Care Team podcast. Uh, my name is Tommy, and uh, and uh, as always, we want to focus on Romans 12:2 uh, throughout all of our podcasts, and that is uh, change your mind, change your life. And uh, I am so excited about today. Uh, we have Jen Davis from Flourish. Uh, in Louisville, she's one of our uh, clinician partners, and so Jen, uh, I just want to um, give you a moment to to tell us a little about your uh, your history and your background.
2: Okay, thanks. And Thanks for having me. Oh yeah. Um, let's see. My background in counseling started with um, like my schooling. Mm-hmm. Um, I went to seminary in Cincinnati, mm-hmm. and I got a, a counseling degree, a MA in counseling that integrated psychology and theology, mm-hmm. which I really appreciated because both are very valuable in the process. I'm working with people, so have been in practice for about 20 years, mm-hmm. um, started off at a, in a church setting at Southeast Christian Church and worked there for about 16 years in their professional counseling center. Mm-hmm. I started when I was in graduate school doing an internship um, under Dr. Kaufman, which is a really great experience, and then they ended up hiring me on and worked part-time because it was right about that time also that we started a family, my husband and I, so I'm also married and been Mm -hmm. married for, it'll be 24 years in August.
1: Congratulations. Yeah,
2: thank you. And we have three kids, uh, Finn, who's 15, and Miles, 13, and Tatum is nine. Um, After working at Southeast for about 16 years, um, when um, the counseling center closed there, I started working uh, for a private practice for uh, Dr. Denley, who owns Flourish Louisville, and now do contract work with her.
1: Okay, awesome! That's Great. Oh, well, again, we're so glad to have you on today. So, uh, before we dive into our topic, which is uh, it's about counseling women, um, uh, we we always like to have a soft start, and so this soft start is called "Would You Rather." So, so Jen, you're going to answer some some questions about. Uh, I'm gonna ask you some questions, and then <laughs> Tom and Lawyer are going to be, gonna think about their answers in their minds, and then and then you're gonna guess what what they would have guessed.
3: I'm looking at Tom. He's way too excited. About I am. This. I'm, I love this game. It's
1: <laughs> fun. <laughs> All right, Jen, you ready? Yep. I'm All ready. right. So, uh, so, would <laughs> Tom and Lori, would they rather be Batman or Spider-Man?
2: Um, <laughs> Let's see. I'm going <laughs> to say Tom would rather be Batman. And I'll just go the other one for Lori. Spider-Man. Okay.
1: What do y'all got? That's right.
3: I think I would prefer Spider-Man. That's right. Okay, oh, awesome. Good there you go. Job. Spider-Man's yeah. way cooler. Awesome. Awesome. Okay, okay, cool. All
1: right. Um, would Tom and Lori, would they rather have a great book to read or would they rather have a good movie to watch?
2: Um, let's see. I'm going to say they both would want a good movie to watch.
0: Book. Book. Definitely a book. Mm. Oh, man. Uh,
2: Quiet <laughs> house, to zero. cup of
3: hot tea,
0: book.
2: Yeah. Okay,
1: okay. All right. I, I need to know I you guys better to I answer don't these don't look like a reader. I'm yeah. totally yeah. A guessing.
2: <laughs> <laughs> you don't look very studious to me. I, I,
1: I, maybe an eater, <laughs> not a reader. Okay, anyway. <laughs> All right. All right. So Tom and, Tom and Lori, would they rather hear the good news first or the bad news first?
2: Ooh. Oh, goodness. Um...
1: No tough questions. Here. I'm going <laughs> to
2: say, you know, for Tom as a clinician, he's here's some unfortunate news quite a bit. So um, the good, the bad news first, I'll say for him. And actually for Lori too, I'm going to say that. The bad news and then ending with the good news.
0: That's correct.
3: I would agree. I like to get that awesome. stuff out of the way. That is awesome. correct. Yeah, you're doing away. well. Yeah, okay. yeah, you're doing Two well. out of three. Two yeah, out of yeah. three. Awesome. All right,
1: so we got two more. All right, would you, <laughs> would, would Tom and Lori, would they rather have a noisy neighbor? Or a nosy neighbor?
2: Wow, these are hard I have to think because I want to get it right. Um, I would say neither one of them want a no, nosy
3: neighbor. Correct. I prefer a nosy neighbor. Noisy okay. neighbors, that would drive me crazy, but yeah. the nosy ones will look out for you. They might drive you crazy, but if something is going on, they'll let you know. That was oh, deep, Lori. That's a good spin was, on
0: I it. I didn't go that far. That I mean, was
3: deep. I mean, I have teenagers positive... at home, so. <laughs> that's a positive
2: reframe. I like that. All that's right.
1: Good. here is is Here is probably the toughest question, so I'll, I'll read it twice. <laughs> Would you rather spend 20 years in prison and be exonerated as innocent oh or be put away for four years despite your innocence and be considered guilty forever? So, would you rather spend twenty years in prison, be exonerated as innocent, or be put away for four years, despite your innocence, and be considered guilty forever?
2: Four years, despite your innocence, so wrongly accused. but innocent th- in
0: both cases, but oh. one you're spending twenty years, and you're found but the, but innocent. The other one, you're spend four, and you're still people still think you're guilty.
2: Um, I'm gonna go with four because I think you can transform people's minds and you know there is no longer any condemnation for those who are in christ right i'm gonna four put a spiritual spin four years hundred percent i'd yeah. rather lose four, years. four yep. years of my yep. life than 20 <laughs> <laughs> right. that's right
0: okay i know that was a tough question that was a tough good question. job you did really well yeah we just met you, so you that's might have I gotten know. the best points of anyone on that game should, should we end with a fun nice. one one
1: more yeah one more j- j- just one for, fun yeah. one All i right. want to <laughs> would you with tom and Lori? would they rather live in antarctica or the Sahara Desert?
2: Well, Lori already said she doesn't like cold, so I'm going to say the Sahara Desert, I guess. Correct. Um, and I'll say Antarctica for Tom. No.
0: No, as much as I hate heat, I hate cloudiness worse. So it's okay. cloudy and cold is not good. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Do the sun of the Sahara. Okay. All right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah.
1: There we go. There we go. All right, well thank you for being such a good jet on that. So, I think you did a great job. You did job. a great, yeah, yeah, job. Yeah, great well, job. Well, as we dive in, uh so today our, our our topic is uh is counseling women and how to do that well and, and, and the importance of, of 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 getting that right and and some of the the common uh common things uh that we need to consider when we're counseling women. I want
0: to say that um you know, you you mentioned earlier that that Jen's one of our, our clinician partners. And I just wanna say that Jen has helped us out on on a, a big events here, like our Night of Remembrance. We just had a, a COVID panel about talking about how to deal with what's happened in the last year and a half and going forward. And when we start to talk about women and women's issues, for those of you who don't know, Northside does offer some limited counseling, but uh, specifically because Tommy and I are both male, uh, we have about 6,500 folks that call this church home. Uh, we can't possibly um, uh, meet all the need there is. And so we're so grateful, uh, Jen, uh, for what you do. And I want to say that um, you've helped both staff and um, our our congregants and have never heard anything but just great things about you and about your counseling. And so we just so appreciate, we're so grateful to have someone that we can work with that can answer these things and help people that are struggling with these issues. Mm. Yeah, So. so,
1: So if you don't mind, like, just kind of tell us about how, how you approach uh, counseling women.
2: Yeah. Well, first, the um, an approach is just um, really validating and um, their thoughts, feelings, and and needs and reasons for coming into the counseling room to start with mm-hmm. for a lot of people in general. And I, I guess l- some things I'm going to be talking about are universal, maybe not just for women, mm-hmm. even though that's mostly who I see, but... Um, just having a warmth, empathy, and respect for people that come in, mm-hmm. s- sort of that Rogerian model and way of mm-hmm. doing counseling, recognizing that a part of people stepping into the counseling room, they're stepping into a place of courage and vulnerability, mm-hmm. um, allowing themselves to be seen in ways sometimes for the first time, yeah. um, disclosing things that they've not told anybody, mm-hmm. and just really holding a place of honor for that and um, compassion for that, and mm-hmm. um, respect for yes. that. My, I I like um, working with women, of course, because obviously I'm a woman. <laughs> and um, I've learned a lot just from my own experiences in life and where God has healed me and what God has brought me through. And so to be able to share that with other women is um, just a really important ministry for me as mm-hmm. well, just to use my own life experience as well as my education and um, working through my relationship with the Lord to help other people. So um, I have a passion for helping women just fall in love with who they are in Christ, fall in love with themselves. And the process of counseling often is finding out who that self is. Mm -hmm. Um, So that's always woven throughout the process, regardless of what people come in with. And wanting to learn strategies for dealing with what they're presenting. Um, that seems to always be a process of figuring out really who who they are as God designed yeah. them. And mm-hmm. so sort of the slogan of living, you know, encouraging women to live by their design and not by their default, because we always develop, all of us develop these default settings in life, um, beginning from early childhood and things that get reflected to us by our life experiences and our earliest caregivers and things mm-hmm. that get mirrored and patterned in us that we take into adulthood and at some point often become outdated. Mm-hmm. Um, but we still live out of those things. And those are what I talk about as our default settings. And so helping women get back to really just who, how God has made them in the, their own unique um, way and living by their design.
1: Yeah. Well, and I, I know as we were, we were talking and prepping for this, you know, just the, the, uh, the idea of, of just helping people see that it's a safe place to to have those conversations.
0: Uh, mm-hmm. I know you mentioned that briefly before we before we got started. I, I just I just love that philosophy. Mm-hmm. I was I was thinking the same thing. If you would speak a little bit, Jen, to yeah. maybe what you see. You know, we live in a time where maybe it's more acceptable than ever to to seek out counseling, and yet I know still so many people that could benefit from talking with someone. Uh, especially a Christ-centered clinician, still don't seek help. And so Mm -hmm. maybe if you could speak a little bit to what you've seen are the blocks to people coming in and maybe a word that you have for them or encouragement to seek out help.
2: Yeah, I was actually talking to a couple that came in last night and the woman um, shared about her own preconceived notions Mm -hmm. about counseling that almost kept her from calling in and getting help. Just that the nature of counseling is for people that have extreme problems yeah. or extreme mental illnesses. Um, that stigma, the stigma about counseling, yeah. the shame about it. Mm-hmm. Certainly, you know, I, I see people that uh, on the spectrum, people that don't care who knows that they're going to counseling, and then women that really want to keep it very private, and and still there's some of that stigma about yeah. about it, and. The meaning that people attach to going to counseling. So, um, yeah, and I think some of the women that come in talk about feeling crazy, you know, for being there. Um, their own internal dialogues and an inner critic mm-hmm. are telling them that if I'm going to counseling, it must mean I'm, I'm really off the rails, like yeah. that there's something really wrong with me. And that feeds into sometimes these core beliefs that we have, these false negative core beliefs that we have of um, that there's something wrong with me. Yeah. And so overcoming that is a hurdle sometimes for people to come in and um, yeah. And just, so I would encourage women to, to recognize that it's really a step of courage to come in and ask for help and just Mm -hmm. normalizing it too. That we go to, Doctors who take care of us physically, who take care of our bodies when there's something wrong with us in a physical way, um, and often, by the way, that's a lot of times how emotional and mental issues present is in a physical way, mm-hmm. undiagnosable physical issues and um, things like that. So, but just like we would go see a physician for our um, physical body, going mm-hmm. and talking to someone about our yeah. emotional and mental needs is is important because we're a whole person. And if we live yeah. integrated and wholehearted, we need to address the whole person.
1: You know, on, on that note, I heard a pastor say a few years ago um, that there's, for, for women, there's this, um, and, and obviously Tom and I, we don't know, I mean, because we're, we're not women, but that that society has this idea that that women need to do all these different things and to make it be perfect. Like all these things need to be done well and and you oh, know by the way you have to do all this stuff and not sweat or if you are sweat it's only glistening. You know <laughs> what I mean or whatever. <laughs> on top of that, you add social media and it's and, and that's everybody's highlight reels. And so women are like they're already feeling this pressure and then you go to social media and I'm not hating on social media. I'm on social media, but it's all it's all highlight reels. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah,
2: exactly. I think we men and women they, of course, it probably manifests in different ways mm-hmm. for, um, between men and women and just between people in, in general, but it kind of goes back to living out of these core false beliefs that gets developed early on in mm-hmm. childhood. And, um, some ways that we strategize around life is by seeking the approval of other people, um, or finding our value, and I mean, you name it—how we look, or who we're with, or um, what we're purchasing, or where we're living—and I think that's a thread through pretty much everybody's lives: is mm-hmm. um, where are we seeking and finding value yeah. and purpose?
0: We uh, we have we don't want to leave Lori out. You're, yeah, Lori's not just for. Uh, Lori, you're doing <laughs> too much talking. Uh, <laughs> just, um, just listening. No, one yeah. of the things we were talking about prior to to recording this today was um, the importance of uh, women's perspective, and and Lori, um, you always bring great perspective to mm-hmm. our podcast. Do you have any, as you've been listening, things that have come into your mind, things you struggle with, questions you have, um, just something that maybe Tommy and I wouldn't even think about to ask. Uh,
3: well. Just so far hearing Jen talk about women coming in and feeling like they're crazy, I, that that kind of struck a chord with me because I feel like a lot of times, you know, we go to the doctor and we get blown off as, oh, you're exaggerating or you're crazy or you're making this up. Um, I even read an article just recently about uh, men and women who go in to see a doctor and I'm not scientific at all, but basically, it was you know, women by far get less pain medication than men do because they're expected just to, you know, tough it out or they're making their pain up. Um, and, you know, I, I'm a big proponent of counseling. It's, it's helped me in my life with, with a lot of things, but I do feel like I've started a lot of, of counseling conversations or just feeling like oh, I'm nuts and I need somebody to <laughs> help me figure this out. When in reality, I'm probably a lot more like other people, not just women in general. And, But I, th- I think that's something that women feel is, oh, I'm crazy. And so so far, that's kind of what I've, <laughs> I've thought. I appreciate
0: that. Mm-hmm. 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 Yeah.
2: yeah, there's that sense of feeling overwhelmed. You know, oftentimes we are going into counseling because we have a lot on our plate and we're trying to um, – you know, piece it all apart and figure out how to be perfect and successful at everything. And we know that we can't do that. I've had, I've worked with women, um, recently just coming, um, as we're coming through COVID and women trying to strategize about how to have their children at home and how to meet all these internal expectations that we all men and women put on ourselves. We have these Um, these bars that we're trying to meet that are either that we set for ourselves or that we're seeing other people set for themselves. And Mm -hmm. we're trying to match that and compare that and live our lives according to what other people are doing. But anyway, just women now trying to navigate some working outside the home, but still trying to navigate with their children at home and NTI and the stressors and um, the things that have come up with COVID that are kind of Some things are universal for everyone, but some things are, um, more on an individual basis, depending Mm -hmm. on the nature of your family or if they're single or married and if their jobs allow them to work at home or not. And so just feeling really overwhelmed with the emotion of that. And a lot of what we do again, like I said earlier, is just piece that apart, validate that all those emotions make sense, that it's normal in certain circumstances to have those feelings that it's not, doesn't have to have a negative connotation of feeling crazy, but just validate where they are in their experience. I think that's just the first step. You know, a lot of times I talk to clients about just having to accept something before we can let it go. Mm -hmm. And we spend a lot of time with coping in ways of um, stuffing our emotions or living in denial or avoiding our emotions and the things that we're going through. And um, so that's a part of the counseling process is bringing those things into light, really facing them Mm -hmm. and um, picking them up and accepting, accepting that they're there um, before we can really do anything to change it or heal it.
0: Yeah. Jen, um, I know a lot of our listeners, it's very important to them when they um, enter into counseling, knowing that, the counselor has, at the very least, a Christian worldview. Um, Could you talk a little bit about how your faith uh, is integrated into what you do? How Maybe even give us a a glimpse into a session and how you might incorporate Scripture, prayer, your faith into working with folks and and helping them, what that looks like.
1: Mm
2: -hmm. Um, Well, a lot of time is spent on identifying the the core beliefs that we've talked about mm-hmm. and what we're living out of, you know, what we believe about ourselves or what we believe about something mm-hmm. determines in what we're thinking about and then um, what we're feeling and then how we respond. So if we're living out of a false belief about who we are, that's going to affect our thinking. It's going to affect how we're feeling and it's going to affect how we respond in life. And so that really c- comes from the biblical perspective of taking your thoughts captive and the Bible pointing to living out of what is true and walking in the light and, mm-hmm. um, you know, bringing things into the light and holding them up against scripture and asking ourselves, is this true? Is this not? Even when we're looking at ourself, um, making sure that we're aligned. Um, well, let me step back. Like I talk about self acceptance and I think, to the degree of we need to accept our accept what's going on before we can change. I don't mean mm-hmm. self acceptance in terms of this is who I am, this is how I made. Mm-hmm. Um, There's nothing else I need to do differently. You know, we mm-hmm. all have areas of growth and change, but the only thing that is true in mirroring or reflecting who we are is the Bible. The Bible tells us about who we are. It tells us about who God is. And I think it was John Calvin that said, wisdom, to, fit, wit, to, to be wise is to have a knowledge of God and a knowledge of self. Mm-hmm. And, and, that, and we find that biblically. So everything mm-hmm. is kind of filtered through the lens of scripture. Yeah. Um, That's it,
1: great. I, I like that because we, we were talking as a staff uh, coming into January. Um, you know, if there's one word or one phrase that, that you feel like God is prompting on your on your heart, and for me, it was biblical lenses, and just and just seeing that through biblical lenses. And I, I know for us, as, as a care team, um, our, our our main um, passage that drives what we do and why we do it is from Isaiah sixty one one. So I'm reading from the ESV: "The Spirit of God, the Spirit of the Lord God, is upon me, because the Lord has anointed me to bring the good news to the poor. who has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim the liberty, and the captive to the captives." and the opening of the prison to those who are bound, to proclaim the year, the Lord's favor, and the in the day of vengeance of our God, to comfort all who mourn. And so, yeah, just just having that 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 groundedness, as as you mentioned, uh, uh, you know, in everything we do, uh, because the, uh, you know what we need, uh, especially morally and and and
0: uh, spiritually, is is right there in the Bible. So, Jen, I know um, we would love to talk to you all day. Um, but keeping with our timing, I know that you, um, have some notes and maybe some things that you wanted to be sure to say, we want to give you time to do that. So just kind of turning the floor over to you for anything else you want to add or talk about, um, uh, anything from what you do in your practice to just something you would like the the men and women listening to know, um, leaving, leaving them with some, some, maybe some, uh, wisdom or tidbits of, of things that can help because I know folks that are tuning in right now and tune into our podcast. Um, we want to, we don't try to answer everything for everybody. We just, we try to kind of get people into scripture to, th- to think, to pray. So if you could leave people with something to, you know, encourage them, maybe they need counseling and this is their encouragement or, um, I don't know what I'm trying to say. Maybe some scripture for them to to go to. But again, we don't try to answer everything or solve everything in our podcast, but just to get people to help them with that next step. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
2: Yeah, So there's a couple of things that come to mind, even um, scripture wise. Um, I've mentioned, you know, thrown out the words of, you know, core beliefs and schemas. And those are a schema is just from in psychology, basically a filter through how we view the world, how we see ourselves, um, how we see other people, how how we view anything is filtered through that schema. and those get developed early on in childhood and including this notion of how we see ourselves. Um, part of, you know, bringing back in what keeps women from coming into counseling or people in general seeking counseling is this sense of, shame of not being, not being good enough or, um, you know, to go to counseling is to admit that there's some things that I'm not doing well, or maybe that I'm, that I'm not succeeding at, or, um, maybe it's going to really expose that there's something wrong with me. And I think, you know, again, I've touched on that, but really being aware of, um, that it's okay to own. All those parts of us, and that it's important to live wholeheartedly in that way. And um, there's a preacher, Matt Chandler, who
1: who oh, a village church. Yeah.
2: Yep. Okay. He was talking about this, and all you know, his words are obviously going to be much more eloquent. <laughs> but he pulls from James one. There's a scripture where he talks about. Matt was saying and identifying that we all have sort of this dissonance of, um, how we, how we think we should live and how we do live. You know, we're always mm-hmm. going to be in the process of sanctification and struggle. Um, and, and so he, he pointed out the scripture from James one 22 about being a hearer of the word and a doer of the word and, um, bringing those two things in unison. But and so that scripture verse 25 that says but the one who looks into the perfect law the law of liberty that's really the mirror that we look into and another way of saying the law of liberty is the gospel looking into into looking at the gospel and letting the gospel reflect who we are as dearly beloved valuable children of god who would send his son to die for us but also recognizing there was a reason that he needed to die, and that is because we're, we're sinful and broken people. Yeah. And so being able to hold both of those together and have space for both of those and really seeing ourselves and our faults is the first step to being able to change. And yeah. a part of what keeps people from changing is the avoidance of looking at that, looking at both of those th- things. Really, some people don't want to see their value, and some people don't want to see their brokenness. And so we build up a lot of armor and defenses that keep us from going there to those really hard places. Yeah. And so part of counseling, another way, way to say that is to being open to looking into the law of, of liberty and, and seeing your whole self. And there's so much freedom when you can do that. Um, and that's one of the things I love about counseling is seeing women walk into more freedom
0: that's great. Yeah, love that. We talk about that a lot in in our care ministry about you're not living the freedom that God wants you to live, and mm-hmm. and that He did, He came to set us free. Mm-hmm. Um, Lori, I know we're wrapping up. We um, haven't heard a ton from you, but whenever you do, it's always good stuff. <laughs> yeah. So uh, I
3: don't know. I'm just taking everything Jen's saying and thinking maybe I need to make an appointment. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. I don't yeah. know. Come on in. Just yeah. just kind of I think going back to what we talked about a little more in the beginning was excuse me, um, how women kind of feel like they need to hold everything together. Mm-hmm. And I th- I think um, just the women that I know, um, especially in, you know, our personal lives, our relationships or whatever, I think a lot of times it, a lot of our role is to, to hold, I'm not sure what the right word for it is, but the most of the mental burden of things. Like in my head I always, you know, know what each person needs to do next, What you know, what we need at the store, what day we need to cut the grass, What whatever. Mm-hmm. And then other people in our lives just say, okay, what should I do? What time should I do it? And you kind of have to almost like task people with things. And, and you know, I'll, I'll tell my, my kids all the time, I need you to do this. Okay, mom, remind me. No, I'm telling you so I can get it out of my <laughs> head. But mm-hmm. I'm always expected to hold all mm-hmm. the things in my head and then do all the things I need to do. And sometimes that's, I think that's a weight that we bear that people don't don't recognize. My
0: wife's at home clapping for you. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, I, I, I had, I had one, one final question was, may, you know, what, what, what are some areas um, that, that women may be experiencing challenges where uh, may, maybe there's something that is holding them back, something you commonly see? Uh, and or uh, what are some areas where you where you routinely counsel uh, women, and uh, what what are some maybe maybe focus areas mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. that you have?
2: Yeah, yeah. So a lot of women, um, or a lot of my clients, of course, I think this is true kind of across the board. Just anxiety and depression com- coming in, feeling like um, just they're mood is no, is not up very often Mm -hmm. women that are experiencing a lot of anger, which is often um, a sign of both depression and anxiety. Yeah. Of course, then that spirals into shame and guilt because they're, they're overwhelmed and, and angry and then responding in ways to their spouses or children that is not in line with their moral value. And then they feel guilty and shame and, um, and not normal because then they think, well, I'm the only one that must be doing this. Nobody else yells at their kids. Until you open up to other women, then and, and they're saying, yes, well, I can relate to that too. <laughs> so um, that sense of feeling overwhelmed, like Lori was talking about, just how much women and probably men too, but I'm not a man, so I don't I don't fully understand what all you hold in your in your brains and in, on your hearts at all times. But for women, and I think even you know, just speaking as a mom, just, I have three kids, so multiply, multiply this by three, but just with one, thinking about them and their hearts and their future and the world that they're going to live in and looking at them and, and picturing them as an infant and then grieving for that, but also, um, you know, wanting to make sure I'm doing everything right for their future so that they're Safe and and living for the Lord and all that, just so much so much mm-hmm. pressure and expectation um, that I think women and, and moms in particular, in general, put on themselves. So um, anyway, I I'm not sure if I'm really answering your question, no, but no, the, no. Yeah, the presentation of anxiety and depression, relationship struggles, I work um, a lot with helping people identify and develop healthy emotional boundaries. I recommend the Boundaries book by Henry Cloud and John Townsend like every other client that mm-hmm. comes in. Mm-hmm. Pretty much I think every person uh, can read that book and get something out of it and learn about what are healthy emotional boundaries because anytime those are out of whack, it can create it can lead to emotional and mental distress. And so it often goes back um, to a boundary issue as well.
1: Uh, and then I guess the last question is, is there anything that... that that we haven't asked, maybe, maybe, maybe there's a better question that we should have asked that we didn't ask, or is there something that that um, that you know, kind of like what Tom said, is like that final capstone. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Of what people should like any takeaways mm-hmm. or next steps or
2: well, just to encourage um, women and men, you know, if you need counseling, just to normalize it that it's okay that it's we all need guidance and advice and fellowship and people and community and relationship to help us move through hard things we can't do it in isolation on our own on our own we're left to our own internal dialogue and that can lead us astray Mm
1: -hmm.
2: it can also you know we need even if we're reading the bible and seeking the holy spirit and guidance from his word we still need accountability and other people speaking into that to make sure we're hearing it right because we can we can spin that in ways that support our negative false beliefs. Yeah. So we need other people speaking into that and there's a verse that I like that I think about when in with the profession of counseling and that's from Proverbs 25. It says the purpose of a man's heart is like deep water, but a man of understanding will draw it out. And the amplified version says a plan or a motive in the heart of a man is like water in a deep well, but a man of understanding draws it out. It's a big part of counseling is Mm -hmm. drawing out the deep waters that um, people need help with. And we, we need to do that in fellowship and that's part of renewing our minds and understanding our motives and why we do what we do and what leads us into places of struggle Um, or what leads us into places of health and healing and knowing the difference.
1: For sure. Well, Jen, we, we really appreciate you coming on. We are so thankful that you were here. Uh, hopefully, uh, hopefully you'll, uh, uh, accept our invite to come back, uh, you know, in the future, uh, yeah, you know, we we would love to have you on um, as as often as possible. So, um, but uh, at this time, you know, we're reminded that that the prayer is primary. Prayer is the primary way that we want to care for anybody, uh, that we want to care for each other. And so, at this time, uh, Tom, uh, or he he's gonna he's gonna pray us out. Yeah. Thanks. So, yeah. Yeah.
0: Well, Heavenly Father, thank you so much for um, this time today. Time uh, to do the podcast. Time to have Jen. Um, come and be a part of it. We're so blessed by her partnership, Lord. We ask that you bless her, her family, um flourish, Lord, that um uh that uh, they would just continue to be uh, around for a long time to help folks and to speak good biblical wisdom to convey love and uh Lord, we just um we thank you for being a God that cares about um, Our our hearts and our minds and in all aspects of our health, as was spoken about today, Lord, that You're a God that um, cares about uh, our feelings and and what's happening within us. And so, Lord, I pray for those that are listening that maybe have been uh, reluctant in the past to seek out help and uh, to open up. Lord, that uh, You made us for interdependent community. You made us to to love our neighbor as we love ourselves. To um, to, to need one another. And if you don't need counseling now, Lord, we'll probably need it at some point. And so, Lord, I just ask that you would soften the hearts and minds towards, um, counseling and toward getting help. Um, Lord, whether it's, um, through a group here at the church, through our care night or, uh, going and seeking help through someone like Jen, Lord, that they would just find the help and the counsel that they need. Lord, thank you again for this day. And we thank you in Jesus name. Amen. Amen.
1: Well, thank you again, Jen. And uh, for listeners, uh, we will make sure we post her contact information out there uh, for Flourish if you want to get connected with her. Uh, We've also got some previous recordings uh, where where Jen has been uh, partnering with us. So if if you want to listen to Jen on on a a handful of different topics, we'd love to encourage you to check it out. But you can join us every Thursday morning at 7 a.m. to catch this episode or others on Facebook, YouTube, Spotify, Amazon Music, or Apple Podcasts. And again, you can also find resources on mynorthstar.com/care. love you guys, and we'll catch you next week.